Who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Come on, somebody, let me hear you. Come on, Bristol. Come on, guys, man, it is great to see you. Well, on the news we watched over Christmas from beginning with some small delays, then then a heightened holiday season, and by Christmas morning, Southwest Airlines was experiencing a complete meltdown. Thousands of travelers were stranded. It was a catastrophic combination of beginning to try to transfer pilots and crews between airports. What they did was they fumbled handoffs in getting people and planes where they needed to be. So what happens is Southwest passengers were grounded all over America. Piles of luggage you may have seen left un, was unclaimed or left behind. Families forced to spend the holidays in a hotel room or try to rent a car to get to where they wanted to be. It's really too early to tell how this breakdown is going to cost Southwest a reputation and trust and financial loss. But whether it is with a connecting flight, running a relay race, or transferring leadership from one generation to the next, passing the baton well makes all the difference. Do you agree with that? <clears throat> passing the baton well. That's our first series of this year. Happy New Year. Welcome 2023. Faith Promise, it's so good to see you guys. <clears throat> online, God behind bars, uh, live at one of our campuses. We're thrilled that you're here. Let me just go ahead and speak by faith. This is gonna be our best year yet. It's gonna be your best year yet. Man, what, what, I am just believing God for revival. I'm believing God for the greatest momentum that we've ever experienced and just believing God to do something incredible. We love you. And, and man, we're grateful for so many of you, all that you do for King Jesus and this movement that we call Faith Promise. I'm believing for greater power of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, miracles. I'm believing God for more souls than we've ever seen in years. Matter of fact, I want you to agree with me on something, especially in our 21 days of prayer and fasting that starts tomorrow. I'm asking God for a thousand baptisms this year. Can we see a thousand people saved and baptized? Come on, Anderson. <clears throat> I, we, we, so that's just, we're, I'm gonna pray that every day all year. And I just want you to pray that with me. I'm also praying for a thousand new winning team members. Now, maybe you think the winning team members are the superstars. The winning team are people at Faith Promise, promisers who volunteer and serve. Preschool kids, worship students, small groups, production, Wherever, that's what we call the winning team. Are you with me? Yeah. It is people who open doors for people so God can send more lost people. It's people that care for people so God can send people to us that we need to be used to heal. It's God's plan for faith promise and it's God's plan for you. Are y'all with me? The scripture is clear. Our theme verse for this year. Come on, Psalms 33, 11. The counsel of the Lord stands. How long? From what the from one generation to generation. See, God is a man, God is not just a today, He is the future. I'm praying for a next 
gen revival. I'm talking about a move of God that the next generation has never experienced. Because faith, you know, every year we have a call out phrase, right? Last year it's the hand that holds you. This generation, this, this year is gonna be generation two. Generation two. Generation two. Because in August we will pass the baton from me as a senior pastor, the only senior pastor for 27 years to Pastor Zach to be the next senior pastor of Faith Promise Church. And listen, this is huge. It is, it's the biggest deal we've ever done other than birthing Faith Promise. It's, it's massive. I want you to understand something. Michelle and I will still be here. She'll still be singing. I'll still be preaching. I just won't be the senior leader. And I understand going from generation to generation in the church has been almost impossible. 400,000 churches in America, point zero 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 one did it well. Almost every church is what I call a one-generation church. What does that mean? Church gets planted, new pastor comes, whatever, revival breaks out, church explodes, they build buildings, they, they see a move of God, that guy gets hit by a bus, retires, leaves, and they spend the next half a century talking about how great it was when old brother so-and-so was here. God's name is not I was, his name is I am. Are y'all with me? Man, we're, we're looking for a next generation for faith. Promise to be a multi-generational ministry of movement. Now, uh, my age, come on, I'm now a senior adult. Golly, but that's hard to say, Butch. I'm a senior adult. And as we really reach the next generation, there are gonna be some things that make us uncomfortable. Y'all forgot when I was a shock jock. And so as we reach another generation, there are going to be some things happen, push you out of your comfort zone. This is what I need you to do. Stay, pray, and keep going. Stay, pray, and keep going. Are you with me? Well, pastors, that hurt my feelings. Well, grow up. See, if you're a senior adult, you're supposed to be mature. Are y'all with me? Now, if you got the devotional book, then the first the first week I wrote was about to transition. My role, Pastor Zach's role, your role. And so if you didn't get it, you can get one at any of our campuses. If you're online, go to the chat. And if you'll let the pastor in that service online, they'll send you a book or email us. But grab one of these books. And that's what all last week was about, passing the baton, some good biblical passes, some bad biblical passes. And then this week, we're talking about loving God. Now, I'm asking you to join Pastor Zach and Rachel and Michelle and I in the 21 days of prayer and fasting that begins tomorrow morning. Are you with me? Yesterday, we had our first prayer gathering. Come on, it was incredible. It was incredible. And so you can't clap because not enough of you are here. Are you with me? Come on. Now, if we want revival, and we want to move with God, then we're going to pray. Next Saturday, 9.30, next Saturday, nine, I mean 9, next next several weeks, all the way through the 21 days of prayer, we're going to meet on Saturday morning. Get up, come on down, and let's pound heaven. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, if you missed last weekend, or maybe you're not a, you're not a football player, NFL. I've now become much more collegiate than I have NFL. But an NFL player named Damar Hamlin had a, an incredibly life-threatening injury on the field. He got hit in the chest 
which stopped his heart. So, you know, for all expressive purposes, he was dead on the field, just dead. What I loved about it was social media, NFL shows, athletes, everybody, they talked about one thing, prayer. prayer. Now see, that shocking to the millennials and the Zs and the Ys. If you're my age, they used to talk about that on television all the time. So it wasn't a surprise to us, but it's a surprise to the young adults because you never see that. Are you with me? Even a former quarterback and a pundit, one of the talking heads, Dan uh, Orvlosky, talked about the the prayer that was prayed for this 24-year-old young man on the football field. So let me ask you, are you an example of prayer? Are you someone who your family, your friends, your coworkers, your teammates can turn to, not only as an example of prayer, but where they can come and get prayer? I, I love when I go to campuses, people say this, I know you pray for them every day, would you pray this? I love that. See, it's easy to be someone of prayer and faith if, if, you love God, if you love God. That's why our number one value has been, always will be a Faith Promise Church, we love God. Who here loves God? Is anybody in the house? Come on, come on, Blunt. Come on, Anderson, come on, Bristol. Man, we love God. And, and, and let me just give you the, the most, really honestly, what is considered the most important verse in the Old Testament, it's called the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter six, beginning of verse four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your, with all your, and with all your. And he goes on, and he says this, and these words which I'm commanding you today. What's the word I'm commanding you today to love? These words which I'm commanding you today. Uh, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and you shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you rise up, when you lie down. You shall bind them as a sign upon your hand and frontals on your forehead. They shall be written on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Let me give you two important theolo- two biblical truths. Number one, love God's the most important command of the Bible. Amen. Number two, if you love God, it'll be written all over you. It's on your house, it's on your hands, it's on your forehead. It is everywhere. When you love God, everybody sees it. It, it. it infuses every part of your life. If you're married, it infuses your marriage. If you're in business, you don't do business like lost people. Are you with me? See, the people you do business with ought to be drawn to Jesus because of how you operate which is with integrity. It ought to affect how you raise your kids if you've got them. It ought to affect your giving. It ought to affect, loving God affects every area of your life. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Come on, y'all feel like y'all dragging with me. Come on. Romans 1.16, the great apostle Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to all those that believe, first to the Jew and then to the Gentiles. When that, when that player got hurt, atheists, non-believers, these sports pundits were affected all day Sunday by the prayers that happened for that player. See, in difficult and confusing times, 
people are desperate to believe. There's no such thing as an atheist in a sinking ship or a crashing plane. And no atheist in a foxhole with bullets are flying. Atheists are sitting in nice offices when everything's good. But when all hell breaks loose, everybody wants a God. Are y'all with me? We're living in desperate times, confusing times, difficult times. We need to let East Tennessee and the world know there is a God, God that loves you and a God that answers prayer. Come on. And we love that God. I'm, I don't, I'm fired up about it. I, you, may not you may not see it yet, but Jesus is asked by a question by, an, by, an, by a lawyer, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, red letters, you shall love the Lord your God with all your, with all your, and with all your, this is the great and foremost commandment. In case you wanted, that's red letters. Red letters, the foremost and great commandment. The second's like it. The second's like the first. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On um, these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. The biblical truth to love God primarily over everything in your life is uncontested by anybody that's handling the scripture. Anybody here love God? Come on, anybody here love God? Come on, Blunt, somebody over there. Come on, GBB, anybody GBB love God? Man, I, come on, somebody give God a shout up in the house. Come on. Man, come on, let's do it. So what do we do? We have to Ephesians 4.15. If we love God, Paul said this, the end of that verse, and grow up in all aspects unto Christ, which is the head. Grow up. How do we grow up? I'm going to show you how in just a minute. Because here's the deal. There's some things that we've thrown out of our lives, some of us, that we think we outgrew, and you don't outgrow these. So on page 217 in your devotional book was written as a personal growth plan. Now, I got to listen, I don't understand something. I don't understand someone who says, I'm a believer and doesn't want to read their Bible. I don't understand someone who says, I'm a believer and I don't want to go to church. I'm a believer and I don't pray. I don't understand that because the second I repented of my sins, I wanted to go to church. The second I got saved, I wanted a Bible and I was hungry for the things of God. So I've been praying for the last month that God would hammer you this weekend. Hammer you with a Holy Ghost double dose injection of a heavenly want to. Because here's the deal. But I don't have time. You got time for what you want to. You want to work in your yard? You do it. Ladies, you want to go shopping? What lady ever said I'm too busy to shop? We make time. Don't we, ladies? Come on, somebody. Men who hunt and ladies. Well, I'm just too busy to hunt. No, you're not. You're going to get in the woods. Fish your people. Well, I love to fish, Pastor. I'm just too busy. No, you're not. You're out there on the lake. Some of you are on the lake right now watching online. How does he know? I hope you don't catch nothing. And so, so, I, so listen, I, I, when it, God's going to stir you this weekend, and tomorrow's going to be a different day for thousands of us because God's going to get you. So you need a personal growth plan. Number one's Bible reading. 
Bible reading. It's my new Bible. I started a new Bible this year. Golly, bum, I love it. Now, I've given all three of my kids, all three of their spouses. I've given Michelle all Bibles that I have worn out. I'm now saving them for my grandkids. Listen, I love the word. If you love God, you're going to love his word. Because if you love him, you're going to hang on his word. So, listen, you don't have to do the Bible reading plan with me. No problem. I don't like that Bible reading plan. No problem. What's your plan? None. I like mine better. So, you know, if you want to do another one, it's no problem. Just read the Bible. Read the Bible. Get in there. Now, let me set some people free. Some of y'all are obsessive, compulsive Josh Whiteheads. Who, if you don't fill in every blanket, check every box, you feel like you failed. In Jesus' name, this is not an Egyptian taskmaster or legalistic bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. This is a simple plan to help you love God more. I have never in 31 years of crafting a personal glow plan ever finished it. Are you serious? Never. Last year, sucked it on my scripture memory. Blew it. Just didn't make it. Oops, years ago, I put on my growth plan, read the Bible through 12 times once a month. Now, remember, I get paid to be spiritual. So I have more time than many of you have. So I got a thin line Bible, 10 pages a day. I'm, more, I'm not going to underline. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm going to read. Are you with me? Because Bible reading plan, you start Genesis 1-1, Matthew 1-1, on January 1 and December 31, you're in Revelation 22 and you're in Malachi chapter 4 and you've forgotten. So I said, I want a bird's eye view. I'm going to read through 12 times. I failed miserably. I only read the Bible completely through that year eight times. Wow. Right. <laughs> now, some of you folks, that if you'd have set that as a goal and failed, you would have walked away saying, Boy, I blew it. How terrible am I? Come on, somebody. I walked with sin, hallelujah, I read the whole entire word of God eight times. Thank you, Lord. I never once said I blew it. Come on, are y'all with me? Bible reading, what are you going to do? We're never going to get through this sermon. Bible study. Take your word for the year. You don't have a word? Ask God. If God could do one thing for you this year that hope you love him more, what would it be? That'll be your word. Study that word. Study it. What about scripture memorization? Well, pastor, I just can't memorize. I don't have a memory. You know your address. You know your social security number. You know your cell phone number. You know your bank account. Come on, are you with me? Listen, one a month, 12. That's my goal this year, 12. 12. I've already got two. And I'm done January, February. Y'all behind. And so that your word of a hit in my heart that might have sinned against you. Man, you've got to have the word. Scripture memory. What about, what about meditation? King David said, I meditate on your word, therefore I am wiser than all my teachers. You really want to learn to love God? You really want to learn to hear God's voice? Then you begin to meditate on a passage. I'll stop at a passage in the morning. I'll pull up my phone. I'll write that passage in my notes, and all day long I'll pull it back up. i pull it back up. It's, 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 it's like a cow chewing a cud. Chew, 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 swallow, throw it back up. Chew, 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 swallow, throw it back up. 
Chew, chew, chew. Are you with me? Swallow. Got four stomachs. Throw it back up. That's what I do with the word. Meditate. Wait, come, on, come on, somebody. People say, I want to hear God's voice. Are, are you doing any meditation? Or what about the next one? Silence. Man, we live in a world of noise. People ask me all the time, Pastor, I want to hear God's voice. Do you ever get quiet? Because Elijah heard it in a still, small voice at the mountain of the cave. Are y'all with me? Gotta get quiet. And some of you hadn't been quiet in years. Put in your growth plan and take a 30-minute walk three times a week. And don't say a word. Walk out of, of your lunch or the house and say, God, I'm, I'm not going to speak for 30 minutes. I just want to listen for you. You want to learn to hear his voice? What about solitude? Some of you hate to be alone. You're never going to learn to love God more if you're just around other people. Are you with me? Prayer. What are you going to do in prayer? What about fasting? 21 days starts tomorrow. There's this sticker in all the books. There's incredible tools to help you that our team put together for you, help you to help you fast. Jump in there. I'm going to ask you to fast at least a meal a day. Unless you're medically can't do that. Come on, somebody. You know what I was thinking about yesterday while I was praying about this? I bet we lose tens of thousands of pounds of fat in the next 21 days. Are y'all with me? Come on. Fat, does that, does that hurt your feelings? Evangelism, how many people are you going to witness to? How many books are you going to read? I used to read 52 books a year. Now I write two books a year, so I don't read as many. Are you with me? Does that make sense? What about blogs, CDs? What about serving? Joe, listen, come to Next Steps and get serving, would you? Come on. And then mission trips. Now, I've got a book that will come out later this year. We'll do a weekend. I'll give it out to you. It's going to be a much more in-depth deal from that. So get a word for the year. Get a growth plan. I love what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. This is what he said. It's coming. Have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for old women. That's sarcasm. It's a spiritual gift for me. I'm not sure about you, but sarcasm is a spiritual gift. On the other hand, do what? Do what? Discipline yourself. Some of you think that's an ugly word. Discipline yourself for the purpose of what? Learn to love God more. Then you're, some of you didn't know you're a Greek scholar. The word discipline in the Greek is gymnazo. What's that word sound like? Gym. That's where we get our word gymnasium. Now, I'm not a big fan of a physical gymnasium or workout place. I mean, my, really, honestly, my, my, my thing of exercising, filling the bathtub up with water, getting in, pulling the plug, and fighting the current, I feel like I've done a, a full workout. But I, go, I love God's gym. I want to sweat some holy sweat. Some holy sweat in the Word, prayer, silence, solitude, doors that God created for me to learn to love Him more. Any door you choose not to walk through. Because, see, the more you love, the more time and sacrifice and effort you put into the relationship. Is that right? I practice the presence of Jesus 24-7, 365. I never want to not have the thought that he's with me. Does this make sense? So we're going to put forth some effort. If we love God, we're going to be serving other people. Again, I want to challenge you. Next steps. Next steps tonight. But, but serving Okay, let, let, let me just give you, I'm going to give you part of a passage out of Matthew 25. Then he, put, he will put a, the sheep, saved people on his right, the goats on his left, lost people. Saved people going to heaven, lost people going to hell. 
There is a heaven, there is a hell. And because that is, it should matter a ton. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me, sick, you visited me in prison, GBB, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, what are you talking about? When did we see you hungry or thirsty to give you something? A stranger invites you in, naked and clothed you. When do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will ask them, truly I say, to the extent that you did it to the least of these, you did it unto? See, you don't serve people, you serve Jesus. Being on the winning team is about loving God enough that we take care of people that he wants us to. Now, some of you have quit serving because you got treated badly. You know you're not a servant when you get mad when you're treated like one. Did you catch that? See, you don't serve, you don't get on the winning team at Faith Promise for people. You do it for him. Because listen, if I was in the ministry because I love people, I would have quit 30 years ago. I'm not kidding. I've been lied about. I have had people try to fire, get me fired. I have, there, listen, there are people in East Tennessee that wouldn't spit on me if I was on fire. There are people that I poured into, loved, given, helped, and they hate my guts. And guess what? That doesn't bother me. First off, they're just not very wise. <laughs> Secondly, I didn't do it for them to begin with. I did it for him. When you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to, come, come on, it's time to get in the game, some of y'all. It's time to get in, get in the winning team. I'm praying for a thousand new winning team members, why? So we can reach more people for Jesus. Let me give you another couple things. Get in a group. I'm too busy. Too busy for accountability, for prayer, for spiritual growth. See, many of you guys have led in the past. You've served in another church or you came here and you, and you served something happened, you quit it. Hey, listen, get back in the ball game. Get out of the pew, get out of the seats and get on the field. Last week, I talked to David Nelms, founder of the Timothy Initiative, one of our major partners in planning churches where churches are illegal, India, Pakistan, Iran, 1040 window. We planted thousands of churches and he said, hey, Pastor Chris, I need you to pray for a certain state in India because they just made house church illegal. We have 2,000 churches. We have 70,000 more that will graduate this, this spring to start 70,000 more house churches. And they're under persecution. They're going to jail. They're getting beat up. We still have freedom in America. I don't know how much longer we'll have it. I don't know. See, the sheer fact that young people were shocked by the prayer for that football player lets you see where America's going. Are you with me? We got freedom. Let's use it while we can. Now, let me ask you a question. Can we be, can we be raw and real? COVID crushed the church in America. What do you think real persecution would do to the church in America? It would fall flat as a flitter 
because there's not enough holy sweat and not enough loving God no matter what. Are you with me? Are y'all with me? I told God after four weeks of being saved, I said, if my pastor falls away, if this church closes, and that church did close, I will die serving you. I don't care what anybody else does, God. I don't care what anybody else does. See, my growth is not, is, is not you know, predicated on, is he preaching good sermons on the weekend? My growth is predicated on, I love God so much, I want to be with him. I get out of bed in the morning in anticipation of connecting with heaven. Are you with me? So love requires action. One of my prayers for you this year is that you are a John 15, and by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. I'm praying you'd be a hundredfold harvest. You're a branch hanging on Jesus, hanging on fruit. Are y'all with me? So let me ask you a question. How much do you love God? How much do you love God? It's the number one command in all the Bible. Because if you love God, it's going to show in your life. It's going to show in your marriage. Matter of fact, the Bible says, man, if you're, if you're a person of God, your animals know it. Mine don't, but I do love God. They're going to know it where you work. They're going to know it. Your neighbors are going to know it. Your classmates are going to know it. They're going to know it. Parents, how, do your kids know how much you love God? Come on, from generation two. Students, many of you students, your parents don't know the Lord. That gospel's going up instead of going back from generation two. Listen, we are going to move it. The gospel goes both ways. It goes from young to old, old to young, from generation two. You can't hide it. You can't hide it when you love God. I love Michelle, and everybody knows that she's the most important person to me. When my kids were little, they knew I loved their mama more than them, and I loved Jesus more than all of them. Never a question, never an issue. Your kids need to know they are never, because see, when they think you love them more than your spouse, they're going to divide you. They couldn't divide us, because I love their mama way more than I love them. Y'all with me? So I want everything in my life to reflect the love of God. I've been saved about two months. And John Yarborough at East Lake Baptist Church was preaching a sermon. And he asked a question. If you got arrested today for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I never heard another word of the sermon. I began to think. And at the end of my thought process, I began to weep. Altar was open. I went down. I fell down face first at the altar. And this is what I told God. God, I'm so sorry. There's not enough evidence to convict me. But if you'll give me just a little time, I'm going to amass some evidence that I love you. We got a new year, a new start, a new slate. Let's let the world know we love Come on, somebody. We love. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
And I pray, God, harder than I've ever prayed. I pray, Father, for a double dose Holy Ghost injection in everyone here in this prayer, a heavenly want to. They'll want to read. They'll want to study. They'll want to pray. God, draw them into your into, into, into the, your holy mount. Draw them into your presence. God, make them want to. Just give an injection of want to. Transform people. They won't even know what's going on. Tomorrow morning, they'll want to get up. God, make us want to. God, give us that move, Father. Transform. We love you, God. We just want to love you more. Make us want to in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, give him a shout.